You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is On Script, hosted by Jeremy Sasser, a podcast publication partnership between the Pharmacy Podcast Network and National Health Career Association. Our podcast is dedicated to providing the pharmacy technician workforce with news, real-life stories, and discussions that can impact personal and professional growth. Here's certified pharmacy technician and National Health Career Association content strategist, your host, Jeremy Sasser. Let's get On Script with NHA. Pharmacy Podcast Nation, thank you for joining us once again for another episode of On Script, powered by NHA, the only podcast on the Pharmacy Podcast Network dedicated to the pharmacy technician workforce. I am fortunate enough today to once again be joined by the co-host of On Script, Ms. Jessica Langley. Thank you, Jessica, for being here. Thanks, As Jeff. always, you got it. Always happy to uh, contribute and be a part of these meaningful conversations. Meaningful indeed. And we have a fun show today. We are going to be talking with Paul Sabatini. He is a certified pharmacy technician who also has a master's degree in education. And he's also a fellow of the California Society of Health System Pharmacists. And he is an instructor. He has worked in multiple uh, pharmacy settings, and he's just had uh, quite an illustrious, illustrious uh, career. Wow, my mouth and tongue do not work in 2021, apparently. Um, uh, very unique, very dynamic individual. So, Paul, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me today, Jeremy and Jessica. Um, Really humbled to be here. So thanks for having me on, and I hope we have a great conversation. Oh, without a doubt. I know we will have a great conversation. Uh, <laughs> and with that said, let's get right into it. You've had a very unique and a dynamic career path, uh, particularly for a, a pharmacy technician. Can you maybe share with our listeners uh, a little bit about yourself and, and your career and, and your areas of expertise and what you're doing now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for uh, the question. Uh, well, just to kind of start off, I've been in practice for over 30 years, <laughs> working in def different uh, pharmacy practice settings. And um, the, the most time that I've spent in the profession is definitely uh, adult training and, and vocational training, as well as the half of that time working with health plan organizations in their pharmacy division. So quite, quite a long experience and, and time that I've spent learning about this profession and helping to move it forward for, for the technicians in California. Paul, I've had the opportunity to, you know, work with you kind of in an untraditional, you know, setting since I'm not a farm tech by trade. However, we do share a similar background in the allied health education space. And I really want, before we jump into some state specific type questions to talk to you because you've played a role unlike many within, you know, the allied health professions do a role in advocacy. Mm. And um, we're always looking to share, you know, 
ways and ideas that people within their, you know, specific profession can be a more of an advocate, not just for themselves as an individual working in that profession, but for the profession as a whole. And I would love to hear kind of what got you motivated to be an advocate for pharmacy technicians and some of the ways that you're doing that. So I, I'd like to say that I was definitely uh, pulled along a certain line of standing up for others that don't necessarily either have the time to vocalize their issues within pharmacy practice. And the motivation came from a few key individuals that are, you know, are friends and colleagues of mine within the profession. And once I um, started to explore leadership opportunities, not just within the scope of adult education and training, but also learning what it meant to be a part of generating um, initiatives and goals for professional policy, that I could be part of that. Uh, it sort of was the springboard to making sure that when I hear people and listen to them about their concerns and their sometimes frustrations about what they're not getting or what they are getting in a positive manner within the profession, it made me realize that they're coming, you know, sort of to, to the conversation and I felt compelled to, to assist them in whatever way I could. And it, it didn't happen overnight. It was a, a, you know, 10, 15 years of asking myself, where am I going to be best service to the profession and to the community? And it's still an ongoing process. And it has to do with just where things are rapidly changing and seeing that within California specifically, but also across the national landscape and keeping on the pulse of where, where are people going to need the help that they need and how can I do that along with a lot of other trusted colleagues and, and peers. And you've done a lot of that work via your relationship with um, CSHP and also California Pharmacist Association. I know that's kind of how you and I have connected because NHA is, has had a relationship with them over the years. And I want to go into part of what you were talking about and demonstrating, you know, of you kind of being that spokesperson and an advocacy for the profession and having an impact, not only in the education space, but kind of on the policy and regulation side that all led up to you winning actually an NHA and CPHA co-sponsored award last year for um, California's Pharmacist Association's Farm Tech of the Year. So congratulations for that. Describe to me how that made you feel and what it means you know, to you to kind of be given that, that designation. Well, it was a really, really nice surprise. I, I had no awareness that I was even, um, you know, going to be nominated. Not that there's, I mean, telling you, there's other far more worthy candidates out there that could have gotten this award. And um, it was definitely a humbling and, and a, a grateful experience for me to have been recognized like that. I still don't think I've done enough. You know, you get, you get recognized on this, you know, platform and you're just like, boy, there's, 
still more to do, you know, and I, I keep wanting to um, move forward. So that way, you know, I, I feel that the recognition was well-deserved and I, the also greatest feeling about it is that the support from within CPHA and, and the, the colleagues there, um, we're all just working very passionately towards making life a little bit easier and beneficial to helping the lives of the rest of our fellow Californians one step at a time. And they see that I have that passion. They stand up for pharmacists, pharmacy students, pharmacy technicians, and also the community. And trying to just plant those seeds of um, awareness and education to, you know, help help us all thrive, especially during this time of the pandemic. Well, and it was unfortunate that we weren't able to celebrate you. Um, these awards are typically given out at the annual Western Pharmacy Exchange um, meeting that happens in April of each year. Mm -hmm. um, but I think going back to, you know, what you said that really defines you just as a leader and a professional, you know, in the spaces, you know, there's always more to do. You're not, you're not stopping and you're just looking ahead at, at, you know, what's next and how can you continue to help? Paul, just to echo what uh, Jessica had said, congratulations on, on getting Farm Tech of the Year. You know, pharmacy technician, the pharmacy technician profession has come a long way in terms of getting recognized for the valuable contribution that they give to the overall profession of pharmacy. But as you mentioned, there's always uh, seemingly still a long, long way to go. And I think one of the shortcomings that I've always kind of seen within the workforce is that self-advocacy, you know, and even now it's like the recognition is often coming from the pharmacists who see the value in technicians who are working shoulder to the shoulder with them um, every day. You know, but I would love to see more pharmacy technicians being involved as as you were in your state pharmacy association, uh, you know, your health system pharmacist association. It's just really nice to see that level of representation um, from a pharmacy technician. Uh, so you're really a great role model. And, um, you know, even though California is one state, it is the largest state in terms of the population of practicing uh, pharmacists, pharmacy technicians. I know the California Pharmacists Association is the largest uh, state pharmacy association in the in the country in terms of of members. So, um, you know, you're making a great impact. So, kudos to you to you there. Thank you. I appreciate that. So. What does the landscape look like right now in California for technicians, um, you know, especially in light of the pandemic, you know, and health and human services making the um, emergency declaration that allows pharmacy technicians to um, administer the COVID-19 vaccine, um, and in many cases where available, uh, administer clear-waved um, Point of care tests for for the virus, things like that. What uh, what does the landscape look like in California? Because those aren't roles that are typically allowed um, by the state board there. No, and and that's a very great question because it's a day by day situation for us in California, and for anyone who is within the profession and trying to keep up 
with the fast pace of the changes that are coming down the pike. Um, and those, those waivers, uh, I tell you, uh, I'm glad that health and human services was working in conjunction with our department of consumer affairs and the board of pharmacy. There's still some little things to be worked out, but keeping on the pulse of all that is what's really important because who knows what's going to happen, you know, day by day with the rollout of all of the different uh, initiatives and projects that are going on with uh, the pharmacy profession as a whole pertaining to CLIA wave testing for COVID-19 at community pharmacy practice or the vaccinations. It's, it's a really formidable um, change with how the roles and responsibilities are beginning to take further hold of where pharmacy technicians are heading toward. Um, the all hands on deck approach has been, you know, rolled out in terms of the state level, but also we're seeing the waivers from health and human services across the nation. The requirements are a little bit different though from um, federal to state waiver mandate or waiver allotments for what we're supposed to be doing, but also helps the visibility of how we in California are trying to achieve the work that we do at the top of our licensure category. So I think that's really, um, you know, for, for right now what it's worth, it is a starting point. And this to be kind of a little bit, uh, giving you a backstory, this isn't the first time that without any type of pandemic over, you know, over uh, our, our nation's uh, patient population, that pharmacy technicians in some small facets of, of practice that we were injecting folks with certain vaccines, either whether it was with a pilot project. Um, so I think that now we've sort of been <clears throat> able to help the facilitation of these uh, initiatives and goals with making sure that doing the right thing to curb the numbers with the pandemic. And um, like I said, I hope that it's just going to bring awareness and visibility to our pharmacist colleagues to help promote us a little bit more passionately with all the work that they're doing and that we're doing together to make sure that our communities are being kept safe. For sure. And, and, you know, I remember when I started as a pharmacy technician, it was really just the beginning of uh, pharmacists being allowed and not even every state allowed it at that point, pharmacists being allowed to provide vaccines. And I remember vividly, a lot of the pharmacists that I worked with initially had a lot of pushback. You know, I heard things like, you know, if I wanted to actually touch patients, I would have gone to medical school or nursing school, what have you. You know, and now looking at it all these years later, um, which, by the way, I will interject, I am thrilled to talk to somebody who's been practicing as a pharmacy technician for longer than me. So <laughs> kudos. <laughs> you make me feel a little bit younger. Um, but, you know, how how are technicians from your experience, how are they embracing these new roles? I mean, because it is kind of all of a sudden, 
and I know you, you've been working on policy to kind of move California in that direction, but then all of a sudden it's like this mandate from health and human services comes down, mm-hmm. uh, not mandate, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, how are pharmacy technicians embracing that in California and are they well, me, wanting to step up? Yeah. Well, let me just kind of piggyback off of what you um, said about, the pharmacist, you know, beginning to have the authority to get training and education on how to vaccinate patients in California for the bill that came through in, you know, I was in one of the leadership roles that I take on, but technicians were integral to that bill being passed in California because we sort of, wanted to set the stage for our pharmacist partners to have that availability and authority to promote vaccinations within community pharmacy practice. So there's sometimes the um, unsung workers of pharmacy as technicians normally and have, you know, in the past not been recognized for their, their increasing advocates to help change pharmacists roles, responsibilities, and duties. So there there was there are many of us, myself included, with getting that bill passed for pharmacists to have that uh, task assigned to them. And so moving forward, I'm hearing, and I'll talk about the technician's perspective um, in a second, but you know, once the multitude of tasks has been put upon many of the pharmacists in California, specifically at community retail spaces, years later after they were able to start vaccinating and then perform MTM, their, th- their, their thinking now is, where can I get my technician involved with those tests? And so it was a rushed process, unfortunately so, with the pandemic coming you know, to our country the way it did. And so, those waivers were just, I think, part of the evolutionary step, not that we wanted it to be forced upon us with the pandemic coming the way it did. So going uh, to that, there's so many things that I've, I foresee in the future that are gonna be just positive coming down um, when it, it's time to really safely secure all of the information from the Board of Pharmacy and DCA and the pharmacy technicians who I've not really talked a whole to a whole lot of field working technicians because we just got the waiver um, earlier, um, I believe before 2021, sorry. And um, there's not a whole lot of conversation going on. There's a little bit of a, a, a mishap with communication and we're trying to iron out those kinks as we figure out um, when it comes to the training versus some of the practice settings that we can actually administer COVID vaccinations to, there's still some stuff to be worked out between the board, DHS, and DCA. Um, so we're, we're working on that, but we're very excited. You know, I don't work necessarily in the front line as a healthcare worker, but I want to take the training and education so it can, uh, you know, help vaccinate and and get the vaccinations into many people's arms as possible because it's just a thing that it's close to my heart now you know so just something to go out and and help you know promote public safety and health 
Paul, and I know you yourself and through your your networks in the state of California and NHA um, in combination with that will continue to work with the Board of Pharmacy and Mm -hmm. follow their regulatory efforts. And there's also been talk of um, possible legislation here in the new year around the the role of advanced pharmacy technicians. And that really connects back to what you started talking about from the training aspect. Mm -hmm. And I know you and I had a conversation. Tell me now, like, as you know, as you're an educator and you're preparing the next generation of pharmacy technicians, what's going to change in the training? Is vaccinations going to be something that becomes a normal part of the curriculum? And how do you see you know, that entry level role evolving into more of an advanced role from the perspective of an educator? That's a, okay. That's a very, very good question. And there's a balancing approach that we need to take with this. I mean, I, I would definitely like to see the education training become a little bit more broader in its scope when it comes to entry level pharmacy technician training programs. And that's going to take a huge coalition of healthcare education providers, the schools and programs that are out there to all come together to formulate what vaccination training is going to look like when it comes to putting the cart before the horse, so to speak. Uh, Us field working technicians who are licensed and certified, not everybody's willing to do that, but if we can instill in the trainees that are coming, you know, through our programs of study, that this is now a critical juncture for them to consider what their role and responsibility is going to take on in the future. So there's a lot of conversation happening in California, whether it's within my own program, that not my own program, but the, the program I, you know, facilitate and instruct. And those higher ups in that in that team, my, my colleagues and friends there, or whether it's at the Board of Pharmacy, or it's with another health education provider group, there's a lot of um, definitely coherence going on with that because we're all striving for the same goals. And we're all trying to speak the same language, but we're just not quite there yet to see also um, what the uh, accreditation or uh, approval needs to be from those separate agencies. So we're still trying to, you know, get through what's coming next, but I I do believe that it would be really prudent for even at the entry level uh, study in, in the program to implement vaccine training. Now for the advanced pharmacy tech license here, that program, it's been, you know, just thinking about what that's going to look like for our pharmacist partners, you know, again, giving the technicians the permission, the tests without like direct supervision is really important to us, especially us, you know, quote unquote, older technicians or seasoned, if you will. So we're trying to, you know, see how they can also gain that advanced pharmacy technician licensure program without having to fall upon the criteria that the, the Board of Pharmacy and our legislation is put into to the wording of the bill. But um, there's, again, you know, everything has a purpose. And I just see that with the 
advocacy that I have for forwarding this new adventure for technicians in California and for pharmacists. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a little bit more that we have to invest our time with to take a look and see how it's going to affect the masses. Um, so there, there are, you know, critical points to uh, getting the entry-level technician to be trained with this. A lot of people, and I'm thinking, Jeremy, you might attest to this, a lot of people go into pharmacy because they don't want to touch patients or give a shot or see blood. So, you know, there's going to definitely have to be that, um, you know, massaging of sorts for, for new pharmacy technician trainees who went to this practice thinking they were really going to work with medicine. So definitely some uh, things are going to be happening to where we can all work together and get everybody on the same page, hopefully. And, you know, I, I just think that the, the more involved, the better with that, just because we all have different viewpoints and opinions and they're all valid. And it's, it's you know, something that I look forward to um, working with the agencies and companies that I work with, as well as CSHP, CPHA, and the Board of Pharmacy. Definitely. And I, I, uh, I, I remember interviewing uh, a pharmacy technician supervisor uh, from Cedar sinai She was talking about their mm. uh, residency program, and and I loved her description of of you know newer mm-hmm. technicians coming in as being pharmacy technician protoplasm. Mm. Uh, I, <laughs> yes, I remember that. Uh, which I, I love your take on calling us seasoned just as much. So now I have <laughs> both ends of that spectrum. I'm going to use protoplasm and seasoned uh, to make myself feel a little bit better. But uh, what would you like to see for technicians ultimately in your state? Um, and, you know, how can other technicians get involved? How should they get involved to, you know, help accomplish that and keep moving the profession forward in California? So a couple of things that I... Um, thought about when I looked at, you know, this the response I'm going to give. Um, there's definitely conversations that are taking place for a permanent seat on the Board of Pharmacy. Uh, we've been working on that for quite a long time. Uh, we feel that representation on the board is very critical, especially with all of the uh, rollouts of the uh, waivers and all the things related to COVID-19. Um, and we're also kind of taking a peek at um, a sole nonprofit professional association for technicians outside of the purview of CSHP and CPHA. Uh, one of the things that has changed over time was the way that we are referred to as pharmacy technicians over the past, I'd say 10 to 15 years, where we are deemed as licensed professionals. We are licensed healthcare professionals now under um, one of the um, uh, uh, titles, Title 22, we do have a defined scope of practice. And so we would like to have, uh, you know, discussions surrounding that because we're no longer called registered technicians. So there's some uh, of us that have talked very strongly about this over the past decade, and we're maybe going to Take a look and see where that what that looks like for for helping out our technicians to promote visibility as well as advocacy. I'm so excited, you know, Paul, to hear 
obviously anything that is dedicated to, you know, focusing on pharmacy technician practice and advocacy and regulatory, you know, efforts. Um, and of course, you know, NHA will always be there to support yeah. those efforts, um, not only within the state of California, but across the country. So um, hopefully more to come on that. Of course, you know, any engagement that technicians want to have in their state, you know, associations is also another way to do that. And super excited to, um, you know, to hear that the Board of Pharmacy is considering a, a technician seat. There are a number of states that do that. And I think it should be, I think it should be mandated within each state that, that a seat is dedicated to a technician. Um, in follow-up and in summary here, you know, what do you feel like, how do you feel like maybe is the better way to position that, that COVID has changed things for technicians and what is what does life after COVID look like for this profession? I wish I had a crystal ball <laughs> to predict that only because um, I still am playing the lottery and haven't won uh, any money yet. So <laughs> for the future though, Me neither. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, we're all trying that to get that billion, right? Um, it's funny that you asked that because we were, my friends and I were talking about this over the weekend and, um, definitely those waivers, you know, are going to, um, help to produce an encouraging mindset with our pharmacist colleagues. Um, and that they in turn will advocate for standardized and education and training with our future technicians coming down the pike. There's still a, a lot to go with that because, um, you know, one thing that we have all sort of, uh, you know, accepted is that the Board of Pharmacy does not regulate education requirements for, for technicians. Um, and so standardized training and to get everybody on the same page with that is, it's been an, um, an ongoing goal of, of mine to make sure that there are pieces in place for uh students or anyone who has a desire to become a pharmacy technician have a place to truly understand what it takes to be an integral part of this profession. And then also, I'm looking for more collaboration, you know, and approaches with patient care, because across the healthcare spectrum, um, this all hands deck approach has really turned things around for us with COVID-19 and the pandemic, in that, you know, we're trying to still embrace patient-centered care with our uh, folks who are struggling with managing their medications or figuring out where to go to for their vaccines and making sure that while they're in whatever uh, layer of healthcare system that they're in with their own healthcare needs, that we really have a technician involved every step of the way. And um, when I've worked for um, one of the hospitals uh, early, uh, in 2016, I saw that taking place with discharges. And so that to me meant that the value of the technician being a whole part of that collaboration is what makes my heart a little bit more warmer for the future of technicians. And that we are you know, going to be there and help our patients in whatever capacity that we can. So doing the work that we're doing, I see that as very positive in terms of what the future is going to look like and at adding a little bit more to our plate, it's going to be okay. And I hope that the, the pharmacy technicians 
or pharmacist or whomever listening to these podcasts really realizes that we're in this for the long haul. We're not going anywhere and we just want to contribute to our communities in a very kind and passionate way. Well, thank you so much for that. Very wise words from a seasoned professional in so many facets. Um, yes. As always, we love highlighting the great work of certified pharmacy technicians across the country, and you certainly fit that mold. Um, again, Jeremy, I think, you know, we can put out there in the in the podcast notes, you know, different ways for pharmacy technicians to engage in the state of California, um, sure, or even sure. email us if they, you know, have examples of what they're doing currently or other ideas about how to engage. Um, we'd love to hear their, their stories as well. Absolutely. I, I got a host of folks that I could set you up with for the next podcast. <laughs> Great. Yeah, awesome. definitely. Well, Paul, thanks so much. And, and again, you know, just kudos to you. Congratulations on a, on a great career thus far. I mean, I know you're nowhere near done. Um, you know, thanks for the advocacy for the pharmacy technician workforce. It's so important. And um, as Jessica mentioned, anybody listening to this podcast, feel free to email us at onscript at nhanow.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen to this podcast, as well as our blog site at www.nhanow.com backslash learning dash leading. You'll find all of our episodes of the podcast that we record at that location as well. Paul, I'm sure we'll be talking again uh, in the future, but uh, good luck with everything in California, and, and we'll definitely be keeping an eye on, on the workforce there to see, see what transpires over the next year. Okay. Well, I appreciate your taking the time out to speak with me. It was a great conversation, and uh, I look forward to hearing from you all in the future. Great. Until our next episode, I hope everyone stays healthy, stays well. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to OnScript, where we cast a spotlight on pharmacy technicians, the services they provide, and to the patients they serve. So, for all the spatula warriors, TPN ninjas, and lieges of levigation, this podcast is for you. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or go to pharmacypodcast.com.